punk rock, street trash, wastelands. And here are your hosts, long-time partners in slime, Adam Obscene and Mark and Mark. Listeners and listeners, this is Wastelands. I'm Adam Obscene, and with me tonight is the mighty, mighty, mighty Mark and Mark. Hey, Adam Obscene. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. What are we doing, Mark? We're talking about Motorhead today, in particular, uh, our origin stories, our journeys of discovery ads, and uh, I haven't really heard yours, and um, I'd love to kick off this episode with your origin story ads. So, how did you come about Motorhead? When did you first discover them? When did you first listen to them? And sort of how did it perpetuate to being like a, a, a mega fan that you are? Hmm. Let me think about this for two seconds. No, look, I think like it's an interesting one because a lot of people our age probably had the first experience of Motorhead with, and I guarantee everyone, it's like seeing Motorhead play Ace of Spades on the Young Ones on the Bambi episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will call that as probably the first realisation of who Mur- Motorhead, Murderhead, oh, Motorhead are, but... The story of how I actually came across Lemmy and Motorhead actually started well earlier than that. So, um, in the little Victorian town that I grew up in, there was actually a pretty big biker community. Um, and I think the, and my dad was a panel beater and he sort of worked in, in around those sort of circles. And so there'd be often weekends of, um, you know, you'd be down the river. And, you know, with the esky full of the tinnies and, and the assortment of odd sods that dad used to hang around with. And there was always a soundtrack going on and the soundtrack would be made up of Chisel and the soundtrack would be made up of ACDC. But then this curious band called Motorhead. And there was always this sort of like this thing where you'd, you'd hear it and you'd prick up the ears and it'd be, oh, that's... That's cool, and not really. And being a little tacker, not really putting much emphasis into it. It was like I like that. Um, And then you know, like Mum actually had um, Hawkwind Records, which is an interesting sort of side note um, in there. So there was sort of like this ongoing awareness of of Motorhead, but it probably wasn't until like the late eighties. Late 80s? Yeah, late 80s when Young Ones and the G Generation was on ABC when it was like sort of on rotation on, on our public broadcasting network that um it all sort of came together and made sense and there's was like, ah, oh, did that and that and that. And then it was really from that point on then it became pretty much, um, you know, sorting out, sourcing out any import or anything you could find like and it was hard in the early days like to find anything motorhead like you'd have metal hammer magazine or and you'd be out there clipping out little pictures of lemmy with a massive mole on his face and he just looked like nothing that any of the other sort of rock stars even particularly when glam you know like motley crew and poison and all that started kicking on to have like um, motorhead in there just balls to the wall three power piece wall of sound it was just great it really it really got me so i guess that was kind of it like um it was it was then an ongoing connection with like you know lemmy's just then a constant motorhead is just a constant from every point on in nearly every piece of media that you can actually come across so 
for sure. And did you have uh, any gateway friends? Like you've talked about your friends who were into skateboarding and VHS and horror movies and stuff, and they were a good gateway. But was there any one or anything in particular that uh, got you onto an album or something? Like did you get handed a uh, best of cassette or yeah. anything like that? Like it, was, there, was there a pivotal moment I think it's when t- you went, yeah. okay, I'm in? I think it was like stumbling. We used to do these camping trips on like long weekends and we'd go, you know, you know, down to Victoria, there's river systems, there's the Goulburn River and the Murray River and, you know, it's a bit of a rite of passage if you're a 70s and 80s kid to go and park, you know, father and son, you know, that old sort of chestnut, um, which was basically just an excuse for the dads to get on the pierce on the weekend. And, and um, but there was always, I, th- I think like, there was a bunch of kids and a bunch of dads and we'd all sort of go around and I, I'm pretty sure from one of those gigs from the, one of those party party camps, party camps they really were, um, I came across, came back with a couple of things um, and that would have been in the sort of early 80s and one of them was a Kevin Bloody Wilson mixtape on one side and on the <laughs> other side was mixed tracks of Motorhead. There, oh, that's cool. Which I'm so, pretty yeah. sure was like, um, it, it sounded like it was recorded off a record or something. Like, and it was probably the, would have been, yeah. 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 And it was sort of like that, that was like one of those. And so, like, I probably grabbed the tape being young and impressionable because it had Kevin Bloody Wilson on it, but their flip side had Motorhead on it. So. What a combination. Oh, Overseas listeners, if you've never heard Kevin Bloody Wilson. I hope you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Get onto YouTube and just have a look at Kevin Bloody Wilson. He's an old school Australian comedian who would have zero career uh, if he was to come out in the uh, 2020s. But um, back in the 80s and the 70s, uh, he had a really big cult following. He was he was Gross. kind of like our Richard Pryor a little bit, like oh, he, but with he, no he, talent, <laughs> with, with less talent, with less talent, but with the outrageousness and the obscenity, maybe. Uh, I love Richard Pryor way more, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. For, for for outrage comedian, he was ours. He um he I know this is meant to be a Motorhead uh, episode, but it does make it, it it. There is a point that he was in that circle of dirty, crude humour that blokes would Mm -hmm. like in the 70s. Um, And in those same circles, people also, the the dudes also listened to Motorhead and ACDC and Cold Chisel and The Angels, you know, so like it kind of like went hand in hand. Um, The (laughs) beauty of it is Motorhead has aged beautifully (laughs) and Kevin Bloody Wilson is a blip in time that we should never speak of again on this episode or this show. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. Um, it's kind of funny. Taken. Taken. It's pretty Mate, funny, what though. About, <laughs> what about your first album? Your first time you actually spent money on Motorhead. What was that album? Do you remember it? And, and you know, any, any funny anecdotes around that or any interesting, mind-blowing anecdotes about that album? Um, I think, my, yeah, my, uh, definitely my first album was actually, um, was I went and bought after seeing um, the young ones, went and bought um, Ace of Spades. Mm-hmm. Like, so it had always been taped or, you know, listened to, but that was that time when I actually went and used my own money and went and bought yeah. my own album. Had um, But I had heard um, the song Motorhead 
prior to on the Hawkwind Records at home. So, and I actually remember that moment when I heard Motorhead do Motorhead, and because it, you know, and this is the thing is back then you go, oh, Hawkwind, I'm I'm joining all these dots, but those dots were totally not joined at that time. I had no, no. idea that the dude that was in. Um, Hawkwind was actually in Motorhead. That's all the things that sort of come crashing back together. You know, yep. you go, ah, hey, yeah, yeah, so, um, uh-huh. yeah, and and you know, that's and that's some of the beauty of it is when you get those aha moments, how how awesome they are because you don't get a lot of them anymore in these day no. day and age of the interweb. Like, um, no, no. so those so so those hidden delights that come through. So yeah, like, um, and that's why I think you know. Your um, first seven-inch um, Motorhead's first seven-inch single episode was so cool because it is actually the Motorhead Motorhead um, split. You know, I mean, oh yeah, and so that's what's really cool about that is because I'd known Motorhead, Motorhead, that song Motorhead from Hawkwind, and then I've never, I, you know, for some reason I've never seen that seven-inch of yours. You know, I have no oh, idea okay. why I'd never seen that, but it was such a cool sneaky little um, episode just pop in there. So. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, that's, I, I didn't know it had any worth at all until, like I said in the podcast, yeah. that I scanned it into Discogs and looked at the other uh, copies for sale and looked at the sale history stats on Discogs mm. and saw that it was and, – and sort of read the liner notes and got a bit more in-depth information and found out that it was an, an original pressing of the first single. I was like, What? I only bought it for $10. When you buy something for $10, don't, don't you don't mean $9.99? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's excellent. So, what about so from that al- album, you've got Ace of Spades, you've dropped money. How long between when you first started getting into them and you saw them live? And explain, explain the live experience. How old were you to start with? Oh, look, it's going to be sketchy on dates, but I, the first time I saw them live, they played with, it was a Motley Crue, um, Motley Crue Motorhead double double header at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. So oh, that okay. would have been, and it was the car, it was that weird Motley Crue yeah. one, the Carnival yeah. of Sin. Yeah. I think look, was. I can help you out with that. That would have been roughly around, I'm going to say... 2004, 2003? Mm, mm, I think that probably sounds right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was actually – and look, the, and I don't know. I don't think it was from a lack of trying. I just don't think there was actually prior to that I'd even missed it or there was an oppor- – like, I can't remember ever actually even missing the Motorhead play in the 90s. I'm sure they probably came, but um, – yeah, I I think they came in about 1993. I can't remember the album uh, that they toured, but it was around 1993, I think they came through. I don't know of any other Australian tour dates in that decade, but I, I know it was around then they came through. And I think too that it's just probably a little bit of testament listeners, particularly our overseas listeners, that just like seeing international bands in Australia, like it, it really only picked up real momentum into the two thousand late nineties, the you know, two thousand early two thousands, like they were fairly far and few and far between, unless you got the big festival circuits, like your big day outs and your livids and you know those sort of things. They were always there, but like solo tours of of individual bands were, were pretty light on the ground. Like, and then if they were there, 
you know, you had to get you had to get to them, you know, because we were on the you know sunny coast. You know, it's not you know it's not like the Mo- great Motorhead was going to go and tour the Sands Tavern in Maroochydore. No. <laughs> no. Or speaking of that tavern, the Damned played there. Conflict played there. I think even Pennywise played there in the nineties. But um, but that's the thing that you're saying, Adam, and that's why I'm so uh, interested in your origin story is because, uh, you know, we, we're so connected now, and and which is fantastic, and we can connect the dots, like you said, very easily now. We can do our own research. We can do it, you know, in the it, we can do it at home. Um, but back then, you're right. It was word of mouth. It was magazines, um, and what you originally said, which was a lot of um, TV. You know, mm. we saw them on television a little bit. Was was a gateway back then as well. Mixtapes. So, so, sorry. And mixtapes. <laughs> and mixtapes, absolutely. So you saw them, yeah, with Motley Crue. Yeah, I remember when they came through, and I thought that would be the only time that I'm going to get to see them. But I was sort of a, a bit of a broke college student at the time, so I, there was no way that I was going to fork out the money. So I thought, well, that's going to be it. I'll I'll never see Motorhead. Um, but they did come back and I did get to see them. So did you see them any other times after that? Yeah, then I saw them at the I saw them at the Gold Coast Convention Center. Um cool. and that was help me out with that date, Mark. When would that be? <laughs> the convention center. Um was they, it didn't, in... they didn't do Brisbane, they did the Gold Coast as as opposed to doing Brisbane. And I think that, that was it was a weird one. But that it was actually a really great venue. Went and saw went and saw with my with our great mate Ran and um that was a fun yeah. a fun show. But that would have been two thousand and I'm gonna say let's let's. This is motor motor month quiz time. I'm gonna say that was 2012. Mm, okay, so you, yeah, no, I I <laughs> I can help you out with that one. Yeah, that's, that's wrong. That's just bam bam. It was we it would have been in March 2011. Uh, that was the um, show that I saw too. But I was down here in Melbourne, and that was the second time I'd seen them. And that was – well, I saw them on March 26, 2011. So and, I wasn't uh, too far off. No, no, of course. <laughs> and you, you would have seen them around – you would have seen them on that tour as well. Um, and I can't remember what, what album that was. I'll be able to tell you later on. Was it but, like um, – um, it was like one of the newer ones, wasn't it? Like, um, Yeah, it wasn't Motorizer. It was – Oh, look! When it comes back to me, ads, I'll I'll let you know. We've, we've um, got a month. We've got a month to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I've got a bunch of notes, and if you're watching online, you'll be able to see me trying to fiddle through a notebook. Yeah, you're yeah, hearing this flicking of pages, and it's just like the archivalist between us is like <laughs> going through, or so going through his notes, where I'm just relying on random access memory, which is faulty oh. at the best of times. Oh, mate, mate. <laughs> My my dial-up connection's not so good after however many months I've been in lockdown. So you you've seen them twice. To swing back around to your awesome story, you've seen them twice. You saw them with yeah Motley Crue, and I, and I think it might have been Airborne, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and and then you saw them with um yeah yeah you saw them in two thousand March two thousand and eleven as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, I was uh I saw them on that tour as well. And I think it might have been the world is yours or the world is ours. Sorry, yeah, the world is uh, the world is someone's. Yeah, I think it's the world is yours tour. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, and they were great. They were in fine form, such fine form. So uh, any other – did you buy merch at those shows? Because Motorhead merch is huge. And listeners, we will do a, um, a T-shirt uh, haul as well because Motorhead T-shirts, whenever you don't see the band or listen to the band, chances are you're going to see a Motorhead T-shirt around. And uh, they're – they're probably what kept uh, what kept Motorhead on the road the whole time. So, mm. did you buy any T-shirts at those shows? Did, were you a merch guy? Yeah, I, the, the shirt I actually got. It's funny because um, there was no like all the dude shirts sold out of that show. I'm not sure if it was at the start of the tour or at the end of the tour, but like the only shirt I could get was like this small, small um, women's shirt. Yep. So um so I've grabbed that and for years I just stuck it in the um it was just yeah I got it it was gold it was cool um yep. but it was great because then um I gave it to Jen and so she wears it all the time <laughs> so, oh fantastic so. fantastic you found it's forever home yeah so that was great but um yeah there was but yeah like I and the Motley Crew um I got a Motorhead poster at that one. Again, that was a bit light on the ground. Like I'm not sure. I think when it gets to when the tours get to Brisbane, it's generally towards the end of the tours. I think that the merch has sort of been gutted out, you know. Mm. So, mm. Um, but yeah, that that was cool. Like I always, but even back then, it was always, uh, you know, love the merch. But if you're a bit skint, you've just buddy, you know, pulled all the cash together just for the ticket. So it's just like, oh come on, like. You know, then you go, don't. But, you know, I, I've got plenty of Motorhead stuff. Um, some of yep. it is from some of it is from concerts. I've, I like when you go to a concert, it's the other stuff that you get that's not necessarily around the merch table, but, you know, the racking the poster off the wall or um, oh, the yeah. armband or, you know, clearly the ticket stub, um, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, smuggling a little camera in and taking photos when you're not meant to. And, you know, back in that uh, day when not everyone had a camera phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, look, I've got – so, like, yeah, there was – I remember there was, like, um, at the Motley Crue one – there was this the Motley Crew had a really amazing um, tour program. Remember those mm. things when they used to tour tour oh, programs? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, they had an amazing one, and I thought, yes, I'm bang up for it. I'm going to get the I'll get the Motorhead one and get the the Motley Crew one. Mm-hmm. But Motorhead didn't have one on that tour. Ah, uh, shame, shame. Yeah, it would have been yeah. cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been cool. It, uh, I have seen the Motorhead Motley Crew Airborne poster in um, uh, a, a used clothing shop here in Melbourne, get it uh, out of the closet. Um, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's one of the sort of like 90s-esque screen printed ones. Yeah, I, I love those cup. ones on the cheaper, yeah, on the cheaper um, stock. It's sort of like, if it, like the, it's cheaper paper because they're just made to slap dash, right? Like they're really mm-hmm. – and, and, and they have limited colours – they're really great. I'm going to see if I can find that poster while we're talking because I really love that poster. Um, yeah. But I think that that's the thing, isn't it? Posters um, of tours are like the holy grail, I reckon, because they're ephemeral. Yeah. They're not meant to – they're not really meant to be around, are they? Like, No, no. They get pasted over pretty quick. Or, or design, or they, you know, they design they, – they, 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 they turn into a, a moshy – 
pulpy mess on the bottom of a wall after the the first big rain. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. That's right. So what year was that? That was two thousand and. That was we? March two thousand and uh, oh for the Motley, uh, Crew, Motley Crew Motorhead. Yeah. That was oh man, I'm going to say two thousand and three, two thousand and four. I'm I'm heading towards two thousand and three though. So yeah, so I've got a few of those sort of posters kicking around. Uh, here it is. I think. Yeah, is, it, is there a cowgirl on it or it's something? It's Casanovas. Was it was Casanovas? Yeah, sorry, Casanovas. Casanovas, that great wow. Australian rock band. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, right. That's cool. It's I can't really. Well, I'll we'll pop, I'll take a copy of this and we'll chuck it up in the show notes because it's actually really wild. It's um yeah, Motley Crew, Red, Right, and Cure. Oh, two thousand and five. Ah, two thousand and five. Yeah, so oh. there we go. Here's some live action research right here. Listen to the listeners as we go. So, I was relying on uh, random access memory then as well. So I uh, I got that wrong by Look, a couple of years. In the there, w- in the world of the wastelands, Marco, we have about a twenty four month margin of error where <laughs> we're depending on we pick a month and pick a date, and as long as it's within twenty four months either side, then oh. then we call it correct. Yeah, okay. So that way we can be right most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> As opposed to none of the time. <laughs> which, is, which would be if we had to pick the dates exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did my research and I knew I knew March 26, 2011 was mine. Yeah. So yours would have been in that week. Yes, it would have been. Oh, look. Oh, so in oh, – so there's lots of different shows as well, like Motorhead, Motley Crue, Oh, this is the Day of the Dead festival somewhere. Oh, this is in, this is in Melbourne. The Living Dead, Motorhead, Fireballs, and the Casanovas. Dude, oh, that's a big show, isn't it? Wow, that is a big show. I'll um, I'll save that one and pop that one back up as well. So that's wow. I didn't I didn't go to that. That was the 2005 tour, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw them in 2007 and 2011. That's great. So, Marco, I think um, we haven't we've done talk a lot of talking about my um, origin stories, but I think we might um, leave it at that, and we'll do another episode about your origin stories, so that we don't bore our listeners to death. No, they would never be bored to death with these dulcet tones. Um, (laughs) Sure, man. All right. Well, um, yeah. Let's wrap it up. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. You know, if you want to get us on the socials, <laughs> oh, that's great. Sorry, hey, I was uh, just, we'll just I was just fucking with you. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out later. Um, you know, you can grab us on all the usual social media media channels. Just look for Wastelands Radio Show. Uh, if you find us on Instagram, click on that very helpful link tree link up in our bio and that will take you to our website a little bit of merch you can see what we're doing uh and you can read the radio show notes proper where we go into a little bit more detail so uh adam that's about all from us uh have you got anything more that you want to add yeah just one little thing um lawson as if you haven't seen it make sure you jump into the reels of instagram because marco's been doing some director camera pieces with show and tell oh. and they're hilarious oh um, it's uh so if you want to get on the ground level of mark's video career um get in there um it is so good my mum even commented on how good it was 
Yes, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> so, um, so if so that with that resounding success, um, Marco, uh, there's nothing more I'd like to add. So it's good night from me, and it's good night from him. no escape human no one to hear your cries before you say another word it's over it's finished like this give me the pearl and your life may be spared